In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. In my first semester of college, I took a course in English composition and creative writing. And I remember the professor as especially prickly. Um, He tended to be pretty cynical and hard to impress. Uh, He really didn't seem very involved in those of us who came to class. I don't remember what the first assignment was, but I remember we had an essay to write early on. And um, I wrote something that had to do with some aspect of faith or belief. That's kind of all I remember, because it triggered something in him. And so when he passed out our papers to us, he had read them and corrected them and put grades on them, um, he gave me mine and he added with it a little book. And he said, I think you might find this interesting. So I took the book, and the book was called Jesus Christ's, uh, plural Christ, Jesus Christ, uh, by A.J. Longoth. And I read the book, and I think the professor's intention was to um, sort of blow my mind, to to rile me up, to, um, to surprise this naive young Christian college boy. Um, instead, I loved the book, and it only encouraged me more deeply to um, challenge traditional notions of God, especially Jesus Christ, uh, to imagine who Jesus might be for me, and to begin what has continued to be an adventure that continues to look and listen for Christ in new places and new ways. This gospel today has a familiar setting where Jesus and the disciples are walking along town and Jesus asks them almost um, nonchalantly, who do people say that I am? And the disciples offer all sorts of answers. Some people think that Jesus is Elijah, come back. Some think that perhaps he's Jeremiah the prophet. Others think that he is John the Baptist somehow. Um, On and on the answers go. And then Jesus looks at them and says, But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? That's the question that that rings out of this gospel. Um, Peter, being the head of the class and the one who's always quick to answer questions, says quickly, "Um, You're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. Jesus basically says to him, Well done, Peter. We often do that as well, don't we? Especially if we're conditioned by faith to answer uh, particular questions in particular ways. I remember a children's sermon that was talked about for years where a minister is sitting in the front of the church and all the children are gathered around and uh, the minister begins by asking the children questions. And he says, well, you know, can you tell me, children, you know, what is, is small and brown and furry and lives in trees and gathers nuts and you can see running through the parks on occasion? There's silence. And finally, one little girl raises her hand and she says, well, it sounds like you're talking about a squirrel, but I know the answer is supposed to be Jesus. (laughs) 
Sometimes we're conditioned to answer that way. Just a few weeks ago, we baptized a child, and at every baptism and on special occasions, we reaffirm our baptismal vows, the baptismal covenant. And there is that question that begins it all, asked by a bishop or the the priest presiding, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And being good Episcopalians or or passing as such, we we read the liturgy and we we immediately respond, I believe in Jesus Christ. What would happen if we left silence there? If the bishop or the priest said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And then allowed there to be time. If I were asked that question, when I'm asked that question, I respond, well, yes, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. But then if you ask that other question, that question Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? My answers depend on the day. My answers depend on my own spiritual condition. My answers depend often on what's going on around me in the larger world. There are times that I'm full of faith. I'm just like Peter, and I'm just like the creeds, and I can recite with full faith and honesty, I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, and he came into the world as as God fully in the flesh. Um, He preached, he healed, he loved people, he showed us what love looks like. He was put to death because of the way he lived his life. But then he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and he lives with God now. There are days that I am fully with that classic definition of who Jesus is. But there are a lot of other days where my understanding of Jesus is very different. Some days Jesus, for me, is that Jewish rabbi, that teacher, the one who has spent time uh, uh, listening to the laws of Moses, to the covenant, and, and can explain them and loves the learning of that tradition. There are other times that Jesus, for me, is the embodiment of the wisdom tradition. Jesus like Sophia, Jesus without gender, Jesus the voice and the presence of wisdom that rushes through the world and calls us to wake up. Jesus is not so often the sandal-wearing guy with a beard who's dressed with something like a bathrobe. Not for me. Jesus sometimes is like a sibling, sometimes like a parent. Jesus sometimes is like an opponent, a little bit like Jacob wrestling with an angel. Jesus appears out of nowhere and convicts me and confronts me with who I know I ought to be and what I ought to be saying and what I ought to be doing, but I don't want to do it. And so Jesus wrestles with me a little bit to bring me out of myself into some new place. With especially saints in the Middle Ages, sometimes Jesus, for me, is is a combination of an erotic or sensual partner. Jesus is all kinds of people for me. Who is Jesus for you? 
We're called to live with a dynamic faith, with a Jesus who changes and sometimes changes out from under us. He did that in the life that is reflected throughout Scripture. Just as soon as people thought they knew who he was, he would appear in a different way. He did that with his friends, with his disciples. He did that with his family. Remember that wonderful scene in the gospel where the disciples come to Jesus. He's in the middle of preaching and healing in a village. And they say, Jesus, your family's here. They've come to take you home. They think you've lost your mind. (laughs) They don't recognize him anymore. People who hear him and encounter him say, is this the same Jesus who was Mary and Joseph's boy? What good can come out of Nazareth? On the road to Emmaus, Jesus appears with the two who had been in Jerusalem, who were steeped in the story, and they don't recognize him. Again and again, it happens. We don't recognize Christ unless we're willing to recognize him in a new way, in a new place. The Gospels themselves give account of this. Um, Each of the four Gospels has a slightly different view of who Jesus is. Um, Each of the evangelists answers that question in his or her own way. The Gospel attributed to Mark answers it that Jesus is a hero. Jesus is a champion. Jesus in Mark's Gospel is often symbolized in art history as as a lion. As one who who sort of goes from thing to thing, but fully in charge and tough and and ready to be God's person. Matthew's Jesus is very different. For Matthew, Jesus is a Jewish man, fully human. Probably the most fully human aspect of Jesus is shown in Matthew. It's Matthew who accentuates the genealogy of Jesus, the life and blood of Jesus. Jesus lived a life like us in the world, like us, was tempted, but didn't sin. And then Luke understands Jesus as always and everywhere being on the side of the poor, being with the oppressed, being with those who have had a rough, card of, a, a rough hand of cards dealt to them. That's Luke's Jesus It's Luke's Jesus that gives us Mary's song for Jesus, the Magnificat, a song of holy reversals, where the poor become rich, the empty are filled with good things, the rich go away, newly poor. And then John's gospel shows Jesus at his fullest divinity. John's Jesus is always in charge, always knows what's going to happen next, always one with God, moving forward into the fullness of God. And so if the gospels understand Jesus in different ways, how much more are we encouraged to do that in our lives, in our prayers, in our learning, in our reading, in our wondering, in our anger, in our joy, to imagine Jesus in new ways. In that little book I mentioned, Jesus Christ's, um, it's full of Zen-like little episodes or segments where Jesus appears in a way that one might not uh, expect him. And in one of the final episodes, Jesus is in prison The jailer comes to Jesus and offers Jesus a tour of the entire facility. And the jailer says, well, in particular, I think you might be interested in this particular section. 
It's filled with people who think they are Jesus Christ. Would you like to see them? And Jesus says, well, perhaps I would. And perhaps I would meet Christ there. In fact, when I met you, I wondered if I was about to meet Christ. You get a sense of how strange the little book can be. (laughs) But it makes a brilliant point. Jesus appears within us, around us. Jesus invites us to a life of faith that is open and looking and ready to meet him. Who do you say Jesus is? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.